fun. Get the music going in here. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, episode 98 of the Entertainment Podcast. Uh, we're back. It's Tuesday, October 15th. We got Chris from Blitzburg on Twitter. He's joining us. He's here. What's going on, dude? What's up? How are you guys doing? Good, man. Pretty good, can't, man. Uh, can't complain. Can't complain. Doing all right, especially after this uh, Steelers dub. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, whole crew in the building here. Michael, Alex via uh, via Skype. Chris calling in via Skype as well. We're uh, we're gonna talk some Steelers fucking football here. If I have anything to say about it. Um, hey, Ty. Yo, what's up? Is this our first video guest? Uh, well, technically, when we had Matt from Steelers Empire on, he was, but his camera was broke. So, like... This is our first video guest, technically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Congrats, Chris. Yeah, you should feel oh. honored. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we're here to talk some Steelers football. Big, big, big win last week. What was the final score? 24-17? Sure was, bud. Okay, twenty four seventeen Steelers victory, uh, back on, back on the winning side of things here, and you know after that one and four start, it's really nice to fucking see it, us come out and finally get, finally get that dub. Uh, I don't even Sorry. know where to start with this. Okay, let's start with um, strutting into work on Monday for our first victory. Monday felt phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, that it did. I don't know how your Monday felt over there, Chris, but th- something about a victory Monday, it just it it's a different kind of Monday. Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys saw the Joker, but I posted that uh I posted a meme about him going down the steps. That's how I felt on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Decent, I did see that. That's hilarious. That's a pretty good representation right there. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely a good feeling to see them put it all together against the Chargers there. Uh you know, de- definitely a complete game by uh, you know, all all three phases. Definitely. And, uh, I mean, let's start with Devlin Hodges. First of all, Alex here, our co-host, um, big, big duck fan. We all know. <laughs> Huge. Uh, from the, from the moment they signed to the practice squad. Yes. You were, you were a duck supporter day one. And I do applaud you for that. And you know what? He managed the game well, uh, this past game. Now, did he play well? Did he have a great game as a quarterback? No. Just, he just didn't. I think he was 0-4 on passes longer than 10 yards, and he completed maybe one pass longer than five yards. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on that. but It was something in that ballpark. Yeah, he a uh, lot of checkdowns to the running backs, but shit, dude, we've seen it in weeks past where, like, yeah, they do that and they just lose, but it worked for whatever fucking reason. This game, it worked. Yeah, dude. Well, that's the thing is, like, you're not going to have the same game plan for every team, you know, from week one to 16. You have to switch it up for each team. So, you know, they ran the Wildcat against the Wildcats, which are Bengals. And, you know, each week you have to prepare. So, yeah, they caught the Chargers off guard. The Chargers weren't ready for that. And, yeah, I hate the check down because it's like throw it to your receivers but if the checkdown's working, you fucking run with it. Let's go. Dude, a hundred percent on that. A hundred percent. And 
And Chris, I don't know where you stand on this. The whole Juju debate, everybody's like, Juju, is he that number one receiver? Is he really a number one receiver? Like, where do you stand on that? I'd like to know. Yeah. Um, it's tough to say because, you know, you know, he doesn't have Ben. And I think that's really, like, the big part right now is not having, the, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. You know, Mason Rudolph, you know, he's still developing as a quarterback. And, you know, on Sunday night, that was uh, Hodges' first, you know, career start. So, you know, obviously, the, 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 you know, he played that game manager role. And I thought he did a good job. Like, he didn't um, – you know, he didn't do anything stupid to, like, you know, put them in a, a harmful situation or, you know, lose the game. So I think I think he did his job. But like you said, like, he wasn't throwing, you know, passes downfield far, you know, just quick check downs to Connor, who I thought had, like, a phenomenal game. I mean, he looked like his 2018 self, uh, you know, breaking yeah. rules. Yeah, James Connor. And honestly, I don't even have the stats up. I should pull them up. But the running game as a whole, and we've been saying this shit from day one. I got one. him right here. Okay, uh, what were those running stats? Because we were saying it from day one always. You are not going to win a football game unless you can establish a run game and set up a play action. You're just not. you got to get that possession. You guys, Ty and Alex, I know for sure you guys will be happy about this. Benny Snell had the most rushing attempts of that game with 17. Wow. Wow. I mean, 75 yards. Yeah, a little Benny Self football. I'm That's not mad. Good. I'm not mad about that, and I'm, I'm honestly I'm happy for him. But I saw somebody put out an article today on Twitter. They said, "Should Benny Snell get a crack at the number one running back spot over James Conner?" I just I saw that too. I yeah, literally no, commented on it and stupid. told the guy to to delete his whole Twitter. I was like, "What are you <laughs> fucking talking about?" Who said that? You said that? Yeah, I told I, uh, I was like, "Just delete your whole Twitter." I saw. Um, the guy, uh, Footwear King, he uh, trained. Uh, he trains a, a bunch of guys in the NFL, but he tra- he trained Bell or something. I saw he commented on that article, saying like, you know, Steeler fans were. They said the same thing last year with Bell, to I guess start Connor over Bell or whatever. You know, they, they didn't know at the time he was coming back or not. Yeah, yeah. Right. People just need something to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> And you know as well as we do being a Steelers fan that fucking Steelers fans flip-flop all the time on what the fuck they want. Like, there's there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. But I'm, I'm happy for Benny Snell. And like I said, getting getting the running game going was huge. And I, I know the three of us, Michael and Alex, we talked about uh, after that game, like, did the Steelers listen to our last podcast? Because literally everything we said they should do to be successful, they did, including lining up Vance McDonald at a fullback set and and letting yeah, the running backs run behind by Connor. Yeah. I yeah, mean, there's, there's <laughs> I, I loved that. I texted you guys immediately. I was like, bro, that fullback, that's what we're talking about. That's what we need. Especially if that's Rosie Nix, like a healthy Rosie Nix, you could do so much with it. But Vance filling in, I love it. Dude, I mean, we got two big ass tight ends, man. Those are some big boys, dude. Those guys can block. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, we even have a third one if you want to throw in Zach Gentry. That's true. Yeah, huge, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say throw up the X, but I forgot he's gone. <laughs> uh, shout out to Xavier. Yeah, unfortunately. Good guy, good guy. I don't know him, but probably a good guy. <laughs> yeah, so um, keeping or keep going with the rushing attack, uh, James Conner had set – so Snell had 17 attempts. Conner had 16 for 41 and the score. Um, which we were just referencing was led by Vance McDonald's block. Awesome. Really cool. Yeah, I mean, dude, um, 
the offense yep. looked great as a whole. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, yeah, go, go, go. go. Keep going with James Conner here. So James had the 16 rushes for 41 on the ground, but he also had seven receptions for 78 yards and a, another score. Finally, he had two scores. That was a beautiful to see. Yeah, like Chris just said, it looked like he was fucking yeah, like, as fresh out the gates. Like he's ready to go. Like he's playing uh, for the Panthers. Yeah, I was I was waiting for him to get going. Uh, you know, there, there's been a variety of reasons why you know he hasn't been good. Uh, you know, had a you know a stellar game really uh, thus far. But I thought he was really impressive on Sunday night. Yeah, he looked like yeah, the old James Conner, the James Conner of old. And I'm and I'm glad because I was sick of people dragging his name through the mud about him yeah. not being a great running back. And it's like, first four games, like, yeah, you're not doing so hot as a team overall. He's obviously not going to be performing where we want him to, but I think it's finally caught up to him where he's like, fuck this shit. It's time to ball out. And, and, and I mean, I feel like the Steelers are starting to find themselves a little bit more too. I mean, think about all the injuries they've had to fight through and all the adjustments they've had to make. Like, nobody, nobody could have predicted that Big Ben would be out and then, then Mason gets knocked out, and then we're playing with our Thurston quarterback, who was our fourth at one point. You right. know, with you know, I, and I feel like they've adjusted really well, and it's it's awesome to see because I mean, like you said, the run game was there, was there on Sunday. They did a lot of great things. I mean, they made guys they made guys miss tackles, but they 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 kept it exciting. And the biggest thing, they kept possession. You know, we're down that defense. This is the first fucking time all year that we led in possession, I think. Aside from the Bengals, I don't even know if we led in possession that game. Yeah, um, and Michael, I know that's what you've been saying all season. Like time, Our time of possession has been killing us, just never in our favor. And you're like, if we're going to win games, you know, we have to have that time. Yeah, because literally was it last week, um, they – or pretty much every week, they're the other team is running like twenty more plays, and our defense is on the field for fucking eighty snaps. Like no defense can play eighty snaps consistently. Like that's a lot of gameplay. So you get the running game working. You know you keep you eat up that clock. You do what you can. Eat and, up what? Uh, that cock. <laughs> <laughs> gobble gobble gobble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was there a breakup? Did I stutter? <laughs> no, um, but it was, it, like I said, it was, it, I didn't want to get my hopes like through the roof or excitement through the roof. But when I was watching the game Sunday night, man, it felt like I was watching Steelers football. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I thought, I thought somebody was about yeah, to talk. My bad. I was, what was I going to say? I don't even know what I was going to say now. Oh, in, in typical Steelers fashion, they almost ended up fucking blowing it. They let them start coming <laughs> back a little bit. I got a little bit worried at the end, dude. Yeah. I got to be honest. <laughs> you got to think, though, right? You're up 24-3. You're playing, like, prevent defense. You're not, like, Devin Bush is going to kill somebody, not necessarily just make a tackle. So that's why we saw Tapia, you know, he missed two to three tackles, Devin Bush, and we were like, shit, what's going on? <laughs> like. I mean, he even commented about it. Yeah, what I didn't see it. I would. Do you know what he say? I, I know he addressed the saying that he. This is the first time in his life he's he's had a missed tackle, and uh, and that he just kind of like he just couldn't get back in the rhythm of it. Well, but, yeah, that uh, fumble return for a touchdown and interception was probably going through his head. 
Dude, I mean, talk about coming out huge. Well, it's like you yeah, said. Dude. Like, it's the first time all year that they've had a lead big enough to just kind of be able to go out and try to fucking, you know, make a big hit type of thing. And I think, you know, they were up so big, he already made a bunch of great plays. He's like, I'm just going to try to fucking go all out and see what happens. Yeah. Like I said to you guys, this is the first week that we've seen him really let loose and play loose. You know, it seems like weeks one through five, I would even say six, but one through five, it's like, damn, he's looking amazing. He's leading the team in tackles every week. His head is on his shoulders. He's, you know, but last week was like, oh boy, this is fun to watch. Like he was going crazy. And even Vince was saying it, Vince Williams. Yeah, dude. And then, first of all, Vince, amazing socks that game. Just, dude, just electric. Vince is a baller. We and missed then, him so bad. Yeah, we did. And then, dude. Uh, Baron, it was good to have Vince Williams back. Fucking right yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> I think just, like, you know, you know, people worry about his coverage skills, but, like, I mean, he's just such a dominating, like, when he takes on those blockers. And, you know, he's a great blitzing linebacker also. I think – I think – uh he, he just had a phenomenal game there. Even on the the fumble, uh, uh, the backwards pass that Rivers had, uh, he, you know, he had pressure on that play up the middle. And, yeah, and credit, he sure did. Credit to Devin Bush for being smart enough to realize what happened because I think he was the only one to realize that it was a fumble. Yeah. Tapia. So, Tappy, you say Bush was the only smart one to do that and credit him. I actually mentioned to Ty earlier um, – I think the only concern I had from that game was that there was three or four other people standing around that ball that didn't go for it. Dude, and that's what I'm saying. But the rookie yeah. grabs it and takes it to the house. Like and then, before before Devin Bush picked that up, I'm sitting there like, okay, why is nobody going for the ball? Yeah. Like, yeah. let's do something. That's that's Dude. number one rule in football. Even if you think it's a dead ball, you jump on it until you hear the fucking whistle. Because that, that's yeah. what they asked him about. They're like, what made you go? He's like, like how did you know? He's like, well, he's like, nobody nobody blew the blew the play then, so I picked it up and ran. And, dude, that was a great run, the way he just threw himself in there. Electric. Yeah, dude, he, like, circled around <laughs> it perfectly, picked it yeah. up, and went. It was great. Dude. It was great. So, okay. Chris, you just mentioned that, um, you know, Vince isn't that good or not known to be that great of a coverage linebacker one of the announcers (laughs) during the game said you know the Steelers without Mark Barron who's their coverage linebacker you know (laughs) they got Vince Williams in place of him but he's really good like rushing the quarter I'm like I would fucking trade Mark Barron for Vince Williams in a second I'd trade Mark Barron for a bag of balls yeah I mean like uh (laughs) You know, awful all, all season long, especially in coverage too, which which he's supposed to be, you know, known for, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Ty has always mentioned that, or always brings up that he was a free safety at one point, wasn't he? He's yeah, he was like a hybrid. Linebacker. Yeah. So <laughs> I wonder, or I now know why the Rams were so willing to not sign him back. Right. Right. You know, and no other teams wanted him because. We've seen so many videos and clips of him just jogging and yeah. his penalty in the end zone against the Niners and his blown coverage against the Niners and who else? Like, honestly, I was excited about the Baron pickup and I still think that he's a solid player, but he needs to fucking work on his coverage and show some hustle. 
agree. I agree. Did you guys notice that uh, uh, when TJ Watt was there in the game, he started at one point playing it, playing like as a lurker, and he would he would just lurk behind uh, before, behind the front line, but in front of like the safeties, and he would just move to wherever the ball was, dude. It was I thought it was pretty cool to watch. That dude's uh, yeah, a beast, dude. and he's about to win an All-Pro this year. I think he's he's about to fucking Pro Bowl for sure. I was gonna say, Tappy, I'm glad you brought that up because watching TJ Watt every single game is so fun. Yep. He's a phenomenal athlete, and he plays like he just wants to win. Like he literally shout out to uh, Drake, Daryl Drake, shuts out the noise and just fucking plays the game of football. That's what you want to see. I put in, go ahead, Ty. That that's all I had to say. <laughs> that's what you want to see. That's it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you said but. Um, yeah. Other than Stefan Tuitt, uh, you know, arguably like you know, Watt's been you know the best defensive player. You maybe maybe just overall the best player on the team this year. Yeah. Very arguably. That's a good and point. You, you know, losing to it really fucking hurts. And I mean, he's just one of many. But he was on pace for like. A record-breaking season, as far as his stats are concerned. Like yeah. he, I think he was the top tackler on the team, if I'm not mistaken, and, one or two. And you hate to see him I go. Can get that for you. But the exciting thing is, I mean, the Sox hope he gets better because, like you said, it's a big blow. But I am gonna say I am excited to see Isaiah Bugs now come in and take his place because he's just been a healthy scratch because of the death, because of the death chart. You know, and he was a six-round pick from Bama, son. Exactly. Let's see it. Exactly. Ed Zachary. Yeah, I'm excited, but like I said, dude, too many fucking too many injuries really, and that's what's plagued the Steelers all season, I think, is why they've been struggling so much. James Washington, who was supposed to be the number two receiver, I thought, out a few weeks with an arm injury. Steve Nelson out at corner. Artie Burns takes his spot, which he didn't fuck up this past week, so credit yeah, where credit is due, I guess. Um, I think snap two on defense, I think I read. Oh really? Yeah, he was like in for all all the you know uh, yeah. defense snaps. Damn! Shout out Artie. Uh, yeah, because I saw because like Cam's son was only really putting it on like third downs and stuff. We'll Dude, talk about him. Hang on, him. hang on, hang on. Yeah, him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Mark Barron, like we said, out. Pouncey out with the neck surgery. Now Stefan it with his uh, pec injury. We saw the the ankle scare with fucking Devin Bush. The Bush. It's just so many fucking injuries. It's like it's the fact that the Steelers are where they are. I'm honestly surprised, dude. And that's the thing. Everyone is like we were just talking about Steelers Empire. He's saying season's over. It's like it might be. It might not be. But you got to look at the games that we played. The Ravens, the Seahawks, the Niners, all very close games against very good teams. You know, look at our remaining schedule. As a Steelers fan, obviously I'm going to say it's a fucking cakewalk. But it's like they legitimately can only lose two games the rest of the year. I think we're going to win the AFC North. I'm just rambling on. Sorry. Rambling man, it's all good. Um, Chris, I'm I'm really interested to what you have to say about this, but I guess I'll get all of your opinions here. Um, Mason Rudolph scheduled to be back, cleared by doctors. They're on a bye this week. He'll be back in time for the next game. Do we have a quarterback controversy in Pittsburgh as of right now? 
Um, I, I I would go with Rudolph. Uh, I mean, just from what I've seen so far, you know, if he's if he's uh, healthy enough to play, uh, I think he just overall has is the more talented quarterback. Uh, um, especially as far as arm strength. I mean, you saw in the first play uh, or one of the first plays that uh, 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 Hodges went to Rudolph. Uh, Hodges went to Juju on the left sidelines there, and it was like an underthrown ball. And uh, I got you know that's what a lot of people worried about uh, with. Uh, Hodges is that his 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 arm strength. So uh, for for that pure reason, I think uh, and just overall, I think I think Rudolph's a better quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Ty, there. I think you gotta go. Yeah, Ty, let's hear what your thoughts are on that. I'd go Rudolph. Yeah, I, I like that. And for exactly what you just said, you need somebody who can be able to sling it down the field, just so you have that threat present. I think. And you're again, you're not going to get that with Hodges. He's not a gunslinger like that. I don't. Well. He is, but he I don't think there yet as far as the NFL talent goes. I think Mason Rudolph's there. We've seen that he can sling it. So I don't know. I, I think you've got to give it to R- Rudolph for sure. I, I, I agree, and I think also the biggest difference too is that, you know, like this is Hodge's first year in the NFL, and Mason's had time to kind of go through this. And, boy, even if you think about the Ma- Ma- Mason's first game, did he not have like one – did he not only have like one throw – over 10 yards and everything else was uh, before the line of scrimmage. So I think it's one of those things that, like, it's not even just Hodges not being able to get used to it, but they don't give him the shots to go down far. Same thing. Mason isn't exactly a gunslinger either, but I think it's also just due to the fact that they've been thrown in a situation they don't have the experience yet. But they both, they both I think, could have pretty dominant, like, uh, careers. Yeah. Tap, yeah, I want to further that a little bit and say that, um, yeah, I think that both of Rudolph and Hodge's first games, you know, they the offense ran a similar package to where try to establish the run game. And, you know, we're not throwing it deep that much or really if at all. But I would like to think that Rudolph should be our starter moving forward. Only because the Steelers drafted up to get Rudolph. Like that who that's who they chose to be essentially our next quarterback. Devlin yeah, Hodges was just a fucking holy shit, he's still on the board. Let's give him or no, he's not even on the board. The draft's over. No one signed him. Let's give him a fucking workout. Like yep. I agree. I agree. And I and that's no disrespect to Hodges. And yep. it's more of what you said, Tappy. I think they both have what it takes to play in the NFL because they were both calm, cool, and collective under pressure during their first start. Yeah. And and here's what I think, too, is we're not going to win the games against the top-tier teams unless we can throw the ball. Um, this stat, which is a little concerning to me, in the past three games, all of the Steelers' wide receivers have combined for 29 catches and 281 yards. Like, three-game span, that is not going to fucking cut it. You can throw to your running backs all day, but you need to involve the receivers. It's what we talked about. These quarterbacks aren't making big throws. They're not giving them anything crazy. Like I said, we're doing the check that with the the running backs. Yeah. It's not going to cut it, but but at some point, we need to test test going going deep a little bit. I mean. And if all. If all that fails with those two, we have Switzer as our emergency quarterback now with uh, Samuels out. So, 
I was hoping to not go to the good stab point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you, you won't even settle for Pax and Lynch. <laughs> well, he got moved up too, so just beware is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Ty, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring some light to your comment about the receivers, though. That's, uh, what did you say? 29 catches, 281 yards in the past three games. That's almost 10 yards on average to receivers. So it's like going but, with what you said. Yeah, let's fucking target our receivers. They're, it's working. Right. But uh, uh, while, a, while a 10-yard per catch average is great, a um, 10 catches by receivers per game is not great. Well, yeah, because do you want to know who was the leading receiver in their amount of receptions last game? Anyone take a guess? Um, who did he say? Who? James Conner? Um, receiver, not back. Oh, receiver. Oh, uh, Deontay Johnson. Yes, and do you know how many receptions he had? Two for 14. <laughs> Two receptions. That's fucking ridiculous. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, and I'm with you, Ty. Like, we. That's what I'm. And I brought up the average because it's like, yeah, with that average and the lack of use, let's fucking get the Pistons going. Let's go, run it. Because at some point, the running game isn't going to be there again. And that's what I'm saying, Tappy. You know, you we ran the game or ran the ball against the Bengals and the Chargers and won those games, but that's not going to happen every time. Yeah, and yeah. it hasn't happened four out of six. Yeah, I mean, Nick Vanette had a great catch. Uh, Dante Moncrief uh, redeemed himself a little bit. Actually, actually made a yeah. catch. Yep. Yeah, we need to get the receivers involved, and thank God Moncrief caught one because I was a little worried uh, well, that he wasn't going to catch another ball all fucking year. Can we talk about how every time Vance catches the ball, he's just like, and somebody's near him, he just stands still until they take him down. Dude, Vance is a literally Vanimal, the Vanimal, such yeah. a beast name. He's uh, yeah. he's like a more athletic Jason Witten. He's like a fucking poor man's Greg Kittle or George Kittle. I wouldn't say that. I think he's he's much more beefier, much more uh, big bodied, more aggressive. I think. Yeah, but I would say that Kittle is exactly what Vance McDonald. Is but Kittle just puts up fantasy points and real points <laughs> because his team utilizes him. Yeah, it's a good point. It's uh, <laughs> it's tough to get points when you're not utilized. I'll give you that much. Juju Vance. Um. Okay, we got to talk defense. And Michael, I put a stop to you talking Cam Sutton a little bit ago. I apologize for holding you up on that. But yeah, I've been uh, I've been holding my breath. I'm pretty feisty with you with that. You look like you're turning blue. Smurf nuts. Uh, Cam Sutton. Listen, he picked the ball off at the end of the game, which was pretty big. Um, but most importantly, on that onside kick at the end of the game, that was a hell of an onside kick. That was like one of the better onside kicks I've seen in a long time. Yeah. That was and if Cam Sutton doesn't get up like that and get that ball, we might have lost that game. Oh, for sure. And Ty, I want to say, like, that's the ideal onside kick right there. Oh, yeah, 100%. 
I mean, it, it, uh, yeah, like I said, dude, it's just, I've never seen an onside kick that great in quite some time. So shout out to him for fucking getting that done and just playing balls to the wall. He's just, he's, he, he played so well. deflections too. Yeah. And you know, with, when your defense is banged up, like it has been for these young guys to come in and play as well as they have is fucking huge. And the only reason we're winning, or rather we won that game, and the only reason we've been in games is because of this defense. Oh, yeah, bud. I I don't want to get, like, too drastic, but this might be the best defense we've seen since the fucking Troy Palomalu era. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah dude, Minka's been a huge addition. Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah. dude. And we said it last week, like, their defense before Minka got there was uh- trash. After Minka got there, they turned the whole thing around. I don't know. They went from like 30 points a game giving up to 18. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just coincidence or if it means something, but I'm I'm here for it. That's all I'm going to say. Um again going back to the team listening to our podcast considering all the things that occurred in this game, Justin Lane finally <laughs> Finally, we see him dude, in a game do something, dude. I just brought him up last week, and then we see him making a play. I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> Good for us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what round did we pick him in? Fifth, sixth, third? Oh, really? That early? Yeah, I think he was the second, third pick. Uh, third, third he round. was the third pick out of Michigan State. Okay, third round pick. So, and yeah, like you said, we were like we didn't see him all year, and I totally forgot we even fucking drafted the guy, and he was on the team until you said it. And then this week right. he's recover- recovering I, fumbles on a kickoff, and bada bing, bada yeah. boom. I know you guys remember last week, but I literally said, "Do you guys know the name Justin Lane?" <laughs> <laughs> like we haven't seen him at all. Yeah, it's true. It's crazy. But- so to see, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead. Well, I was gonna say he's. I'm not too concerned because I mean, just drafted him. Yeah, he was a third round pick, but have we really needed him? Especially, I mean, also you gotta think this guy's only 21 years old. He's that young. Yeah. So we pretty much are redshirting him this year. Yeah. You know what's crazy no, but- too. Yeah, what, Ty? Is Juju is in his third year in the league? He's only 23 years old, I think. He'll be 24 uh, in November. He's literally younger than the rookies that have come in this year. It's fucking crazy. And me and you, Ty. Yeah, which I know I say this all the time, but it makes me feel like a huge piece of shit when I'm sitting on the couch fucking eating Cheetos, drinking bre- beers. Uh, Juju's only 22. Oh, perfect. Yeah, he'll be 23 in November. Yeah, because yeah. I was going to his first year, he turned 21 like during the season. Yeah, because he had his fucking bike, bro. Yeah, yeah he got his bike. <laughs> He's actually older than Deontay Johnson, too, which is which is crazy just to think about. Yeah. That's wild. Listen, if yeah. I were 23 and had the money that he has, <laughs> I'd be doing blow-off strippers' titties Every day. 
Ty, if I gave you $2,000, that's what you would do. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much. You know, he's definitely making over a million with all his endorsements. uh, But he's still on his rookie contract, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, his rookie, uh, um, I think he's probably below a million, but when you add all the other stuff in. Dude, I've seen him uh, in like yeah. ten commercials in the last three weeks. Yeah. He's he's doing fine. <laughs> yeah. And for yeah. us, it's YouTube, and uh, you know, he makes probably a good good about a good amount of money there. Yeah, isn't he part of the Phase Clan? Yeah, he has a fucking, I don't know, gaming yeah. team. I'm sure he has a Twitch stream. Well, yeah, and dude. and with all that being said, he's got a life like the rest of us. So fuck you, Mark Madden. <laughs> oh, Chris, how do you feel about Mark Madden? I'd love to know. Mark, he, he's a definitely interesting uh, character. Def, he's like a, definitely here in Pittsburgh. He's like either love him or hate him. It, it, it's like uh, it probably more so people don't like him though because uh, he's definitely he likes to he likes to stir the pot. But I, I do I do listen to him sometimes. I mean I, it's tough with with work and stuff because he's like on at like three p.m. So like it's tough to really listen to him. But uh, he's definitely a character though. Yeah, and I'm assuming yeah. the demographic in Pittsburgh that enjoys listening to him is the 40-year-old white male crowd and older. And then, yeah, I, he, uh, well, he he brings out a stat out. He's like number one in uh, age demographic, which wait, I think he says like 20 to 50, but it's definitely probably like older guys. They're like, like, that, probably like yeah. I was gonna say, Ty, like. And to you, Chris, is we've never actually listened to him. We don't know him. But from some of his tweets, we're like, dude, who has a gun to your head? Why did you tweet that? Like, do, do you agree with him with his juju slander? Uh, like, no, juju's I think, questionable all week, and then he has that fumble. And I, I think, um, I think at sometimes like he probably had some merit to it, but like he's like went like completely off the wall with it like where like he like obsessively tweets about it which is uh uh it's just i don't know why he does that but uh, props to juju though because like he's never responded to him though you know a lot of people in his position uh you know you know what w- have you know he, he doesn't say anything about it that's a really fucking good point because could you imagine if uh who was it? Bud Dupree was sending DMs. Vince always responds to shit. Like, yeah. you, or AB. That's what's your response to media people or, you know. Yeah, a lot of the guys, you know, around his age and stuff would. But, you know, Juju doesn't pay. I, I wonder if he actually know. Like, he has to know about him. You think someone. Oh, he has to. <laughs> and he just, oh, yeah. For sure. Absolutely has but to. That's great for Juju, you know. Like I never even realized that Juju's never once responded to that. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, can we talk about how this was an away game for the Steelers in uh, L.A. <laughs> and like eighty percent of the crowd was Steelers fans. Dude, electric! It was amazing. They travel so well, and I know they have a lot of fans out in California as it is. Yeah. Yeah. So someone told me yeah. that that said like other than Pittsburgh like or Pennsylvania or whatever they they said uh, California has the most Steeler fans. Uh, John was, from Stiller Gang told us that when we talked to him last year. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, wow. it, it, and he said outside of the U.S., number one country it's is Mexico. Mexico City. Oh, from Steeler Gang. Oh, he said that. Yeah, I, I definitely. It was some other uh, somebody else. Uh, I don't know who demoned it, but 
Um, yeah, I definitely could believe that, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I'm, <laughs> it was just so funny seeing all the Chargers players afterwards were so butthurt. They're like, because they started to play Renegade in the stadium, but then they did the Rickroll thing, <laughs> yeah. which is hilarious. But, like, you still technically so played funny. Renegade in your home stadium, and it's like... Four and away game. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I mean, For the opposing Mel- team. Yeah, Melvin Gordon said, decent find whoever it is and fire them. Yeah. I mean, that's... It, not wrong. Listen, yeah. Probably not the greatest look, is all I'm saying. Yeah. That's such a sad situation <laughs> out there in Los Angeles with the Chargers. I mean, like, they, they just, like, they, they can't get a fan base going because... I've read that San Diego people are, you know, upset with, with how they moved from the team. And, uh, you know, the, the people that do have season tickets in the Los Angeles area, they're they're selling them because they could get more money off of away teams uh, or away fans coming. That's, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. In a capitalistic society, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's but, fucking. Which, you which, know, but, so, wait, 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 really quick. How far is San Diego from L.A.? What's the fucking difference from moving from so San far. Diego to L.A.? So you far. You still have home months. fans, though. No, no, no. Tapia, Google the ride from LAX to San Diego. It's not close. Yeah, okay, so a step back, I guess. In, until a couple of years ago, the Rams were in St. Louis. So it's like... If you live in that area, you if you're a Chargers fan, you still fucking get tickets to the Chargers games in LA. Like I don't I I don't get it. It's like being a Two White Sox and the Cubs minutes. fans and then the Cubs moving to fucking Rockford. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, yeah, dude, yeah. it just sucks for Chargers fans cuz they're pretty good like you're in you're out. They're not bad. They're not a bad team. It's Yeah, but, yeah. but Philip Rivers has never won a Super Bowl and Eli dumbass Manning has twice twice disgusting fucking yeah. and big ben has twice been to three yeah but who's counting you know <laughs> only me yeah good shit good shit um did, can we talk about how bush got that taunting penalty for literally going like this just waving his finger like how soft is that how soft is the nfl how bad is the officiating in the nfl Oh, that's horrible. Oh, which question do you want us to answer? Yeah, because Chris was answering the last one. I got one more question for you. Which is a bigger problem right now in the NFL? Players demanding to be traded, like Jalen Ramsey, who got his way and got traded to the Rams, or Inka Fitzpatrick? Or Inka? yeah, yeah. Sh- <laughs> or the officiating. <laughs> oh, definitely the officiating, not Minka Fitzpatrick or Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> I, that honestly though that is a good question because yeah it's like <laughs> i don't care how good you are unless you're top three in the league you don't demand it you cannot demand a trade you fucking sign a contract you play with the team that you're on I however agree. the officiating is so fucking bad like i was watching the packers lines last night Psh, ending comment there because if you guys watch the game you know how bad it was the refs literally lost the game for the Lions, and I hate to say that, but, like, they did. Dude, yep. the guy on the Lions that had I, – I don't want to talk about the Lions and the Packers, but the guy on the Lions had never had a uh, hands-to-the-face penalty in his, like, eight years in his career. He got two 
in the second half that benefited and gave a first down to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And I'm not saying, I'm just saying, there were some big bets placed on that game that went in the Lions' favor. Really? Really. Really, really. So look into that, all I'm saying. But the officiating has been so poor, and I don't know who I was talking to about this, Michael, probably you if I had to fucking guess. Um, in tw- No, actually it was somebody at work. In 2019, in a game that can be decided by literally inches, why do we have the human eye officiating it and not, like, robots? Like, we have the technology to be like, this is where the line gets drawn. We can make a decision on the fly. We're good. Because robots don't have eyes, Ty. But they could do push-ups. You ever seen that video? <laughs> yeah, I just saw it earlier. It did like a front handspring. Yeah, robots are dope. That's what I'm saying. But it's like, why you know, are you... I, gonna... I agree. I agree with you. It's like, why put it up to the humans? Because the humans are the ones that fucking rigged the game to make money. So it's like, yeah, they're going to make that call. Well, and it's like, why are you going to review... Why are you going to have the replay especially for these pass interference calls and shit. If you're not going to use them. For that. Yeah, I know. You don't got to tell me. God. Yeah, that, that rule is brutal. I, I, I hope that uh, they're on like a one year trial with it. I hope they, you know, they ban it after this year. Cause I, it's just uh, like, no one knows like how to, how, how it's going to go. I mean, like that Terrell Edmonds uh, week two, uh, they, they reversed it and called pass yeah. interference. Like, I just, you know, th- that was all because of the Saints too. You know, Drew Brees and Sean Payton. So, I, I hope they over, uh, I hope they change that after this year. Yeah, like an instance like that with the Saints and Vikings game, like, hundred percent agree. But you, that sh- that call shouldn't have been missed in the first place. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's like 